into Game for a Movie. This is the 21st episode, guys, and it is our special quarantine edition. Yeah! We, we are coming from three different places right now. Uh, I am joined by... Mitchell uh, Clements. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Andre Bellinger. We're both remote. All of us. All three of us, rather. Exactly. And yeah, I am Mike Tank, really your host. get the social cues here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike is literally a picture of himself. Well, I turned off my camera Andrew. because otherwise you'd be facing the ceiling. So I try to be nice. You want me to turn uh, it off? Fine. I'll leave, I'll leave it on the camera. <laughs> no, I like, I like your smiling face. Nope, yeah, there you go. You get nice. ceiling. Oh, boo! It's a cave <laughs> ceiling. Yeah, you're welcome. That's my skin tone. Oops. It's okay. <laughs> there we go. Hi. Um, so, kind of by accident, we, we did watch one bad movie, all of us together, uh, through Netflix Party, which was great. Um, yes. And then by accident, we saw the same movie at different points together, kind of. Um, so we're going to talk about good movie first, and then we'll get to the bad movie. Uh, the good movie being we saw Onward, the newest from Disney Pixar. Um, yeah. Let's start with Andre. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah. <laughs> with your woo there. Onward? Yeah. Oh, oh uh, Onward. Okay, well, honestly, I really liked it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It pretty much... I am very overwhelmed by it. It was an enjoyable watch. I'll probably watch it, you know, maybe six months, a year down the line again. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's it was a solid, fun animated movie with touching moments, and I pretty much got what I wanted out of it. Okay, what did you think going in? That's that's really why I'm asking you first, is because okay. I think you had the strongest thoughts going in. Well, so uh, and so I, I was saying to you guys, and this is not a super uncommon opinion, that it kind of felt like a DreamWorks movie. And I should clarify that, and that it's not a black mark on the movie. Like there are a lot of DreamWorks movies that I absolutely adore. How to Train Your Dragons one and two among them. Um, it just kind of I don't know. It, it was like when I saw that first trailer, or like when I saw the trailer, I was like, huh, that's a Pixar movie. That's huh. It just didn't feel like a Pixar movie, at least on from the. Um, the trailers to me it's something about the art style i think really what it comes down to is that it's kind of a more conventional fantasy style which is totally fine but when you look at pixar the rest of pixar's catalogs i feel like a lot of the fantasy elements from those movies are a little bit more creative or they're rooted in real culture like coco um okay. and i don't know it's just it, it just seems ob isn't the right word but it just didn't seem quite pixar-y to me okay. um but yeah i don't know that's kind of where my head was at going into the movie Mitchell, did you have any thoughts like that when you were first going in to watch it, or no? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, from the trailers, I did. So, um, before I saw the movie, I had obviously seen the trailers like everyone else, and then I was actually at Disneyland when they were still promoting the film. It was before it had come out, and the marketing that they actually had inside the park kind of sold me more on what ended up being the emotional driver of the movie, where Mm -hmm. it ended up being a movie about brothers and a movie about father and sons. And for whatever reason, those who are inside the park got a better taste of that than you would have if you were just to watch a trailer in front of a movie or on YouTube or whatever. So I thought overall, as great of a marketing machine that Disney can be, Let's be honest, this is a movie they put out in March, so maybe not the most confident um, release date for a Pixar movie. Hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's just one red flag that came up to me. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm with Andre. 
I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, it hit a lot of big emotional chords for me. It was the last movie I watched uh, before quarantine set in. So I was in the theater watching it. And, you know, it's that cool experience of hearing other people react to stuff on screen. I was hearing a lot of crying or like like very soft sobbing and sniffling when the wow. big emotional beats happen. And yeah, that definitely raises the experience for me in terms of why I like this movie so much. And uh, to Andre's point, and I think the more I think about it, like, why is the DreamWorks comparison so applicable here? And I think it's because if you look at how the world is set up, it's super high concept where it's just like, hey, this is a this is a world in which if all those fantasy stories from the past uh, were true and that is just the lore of normal earth i guess this is what normal earth would look like if trolls existed blah 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 along with being you know 2020 or 2019 where we have technology so it's just it's what i'm trying to say is that in a lot of movies like you would see in shrek uh, like the self-referential hey this is the shrek version of Disneyland and it's okay. uh, it's castle. You know what I you mean? Know what? It's, it's not as soon as you literally I don't know why it took me so long, but as soon as you said that, like, yeah, it, it, it reminded me of Shrek too in that way because it was like yeah. when they went to I forget what the actual not Dulac, but the, the where Fiona's parents were very right. much similar vibe, right? Of oh yeah, it's supposed to be Hollywood. It's supposed to be right. Hollywood. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, high fantasy set in modern times, as it were. So that's kind of why the setting felt familiar to me, at least. And the other Pixar movie I felt that kind of had the same vibe, and it's the uh, last Pixar movie that Dan Scanlon directed, who directed Onward, was Monsters University, where Mm -hmm. it ended up being, you know, a a college movie kind of in the vein of animal house, but it's in the monsters universe and stuff. So it's a lot of like little Easter egg jokes on screen and stuff. And the monsters uh, university. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Oh, nailed it. He got it. (laughs) Even from far away. I still got it. I think all of those things, um, like kind of equated to what ended up being a DreamWorks vibe, though. I absolutely did enjoy this movie. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I had the, um, I don't, well, I don't know for sure, but I think I had like the strongest opinion of like, I really want to go see that. Um, for whatever reason I had circled this one, this is one of those ones that I was just like, I'm ready for this one. I'm can't wait. And I think what it comes down to is yes, I like being an only child and everything like that. This is the one I related to where I wanted a brother like this. Like that's, that's Uh, what I took out of it. Um, so I, I really looked forward to this one. And plus it's got Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, like two people that are yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, and the yeah, rest those of the are cast. Two actors that are super fun to watch. Right. So exactly. I, I like, I was never worried that I wouldn't be entertained by this movie. It was, it was always like, Oh man, this sounds like a fun time. So yeah, exactly. It was just, it was one of those ones that kind of felt like, uh, the main feeling I had from everybody else was just kind of, it's going to be good, but it's just going to be good, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, whereas I was like, I was feeling, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm really ready for this. Um, 
So it was, like I said, it was just one of those films where it's just like, this is how I related because I wanted a brother like that. I wanted an older brother or I wanted a younger brother that I could be the older brother. And like, because growing up, you know, you don't feel the most confident. You don't think you're going through everything correctly and that kind of stuff. And that was the message that I liked about it was having that somebody where you can be like, hey, am I doing this right? Am I going through this right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I loved it. I really did. I think um, uh, I really enjoyed it, and we'll probably watch it sooner than your six months to another year, Andre. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, going through it and everything like that, I, I really enjoyed it. It is different. I, oh, sorry. Go for it. No, well, go for it, please. Well, I was just going to say, it is different, because I think I would have liked it more having seen it in theaters. Uh, yes. It is different first watch through at home. I don't know. So. Like, like how so? Like the visuals just didn't didn't have as much of a punch for you, or? Well, no. As Mitchell was saying that he saw it in theaters, like hearing others' reactions and that kind of stuff, like mm. wanting to know what other people are thinking. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, yeah. for me, that is the. I mean, I think movie theaters. We're seeing this now. You, you know, the the entertainment industry can evolve into something else if theaters did not exist. It may not be as lucrative because a lot of uh, companies uh, like Disney, who put out a ton of tentpole features every year, make a crap load of money with box office. But most uh, major distributors don't have the same arsenal that Disney has. Mm-hmm. So they're taking, you know, they're kind of hedging their bets. And we've been seeing a lot of uh, digital releases from Universal lately right. uh, for films that should have been premiered in theaters by now so anyway what i'm what i'm saying is to mike's point you know this whole thing of you know watching something at home it doesn't have that special feeling (laughs) that that little (laughs) icing on the cake that the theater experience offers i'll say this guys we all saw endgame together right Mm -hmm. the last avengers movie imagine watching that three-hour movie at home you know what I mean? It, like compared to watching it in a jam-packed theater, we also saw Infinity War together. Yep. Imagine watching that at home after the yeah. big emotional moments happen at the end, where you're hearing children crying because Spider-Man just died. It's just Spoilers. It, you know, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry for spoiling. Like how old is that movie? <laughs> yeah, but Marvel movies only get two weeks. It's fine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I'm going to miss that. And I feel like because of what's happening right now, a lot of theaters or a lot, excuse me, a lot of distributors are going to start valuing in-home distribution just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but when I watch something on Netflix, it is just not quite the same. No matter how great of a movie The Irishman was, it will never be, you know, uh, you wish you could see it in theater. Exactly. It won't be The Departed. It won't be Wolf of Wall Street or any other of the other Marty movies that I've seen on screen. You know, yeah. it, it's just different. It's just different. The Departed so. feels different because I'm right there with you on that. Departed is one of my favorite movies of all time because I saw it in theaters. And now going back, it's still great. Don't get me wrong. But it just doesn't have that same punch as it did. And it could just be I saw it for the first time in theaters, so I'm holding it there. But at the same time, I'm going, eh, it just doesn't feel the same, you know? Right. Hey, you definitely uh, saw it at that right age, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I definitely uh, so didn't sneak I will... in. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I will say it was kind of I feel like the circumstances of world events kind of actually made this movie hit a little harder for me only because I've been talking to my brother way more frequently because we're all cooped up inside and so I was kind of feeling the whole theme of brotherhood even just maybe probably like 10 15 percent a little bit more magnified and I was like I was watching it with Jill and I was like this movie is cheating because it's tugging at the exact heartstrings that are vulnerable for me right now <laughs> so uh, it's just you know I, that's that that the main theme of brotherhood definitely hit a stronger chord uh, with me because I have a brother that I'm pretty close with so yeah kind of that's why i like this movie as much as i did so nice i'm kind of curious to see if things were if i was able to see this movie in theaters under normal more normal circumstances if it would hit the same but yeah i don't know just something that's rolling around my head is all. still at least think of your brother so you know oh yeah for sure yeah okay so let's jump into ratings for this um along that same point let's let's start with you andre so what would you give this rating wise um, I'm going to give this one a three and a half D20s out of five. Nice. Okay. Mitchell? I'm going to go with a very solid, very solid three out of five Manticores. Wow. And I'm choosing Manticore because my favorite character, just scene ceiling character, was Octavia Spencer's weird lion dragon hybrid character scorpion yeah. she was so much fun yeah i wish I, there was more of her to be honest with you she was oh, a lot of fun oh god she and she killed it vocal performance wise i was laughing my ass up so yes three out of five absolutely loved it see uh, i go ahead. middle of the road pixar for me okay yes yeah, so that's why three out of five I, i'm with you with the manticore as a scene stealing like great character i also really loved colt bronco um he was yeah. cheesy as hell but i just loved how he would laugh at his own jokes and it would be a nay <laughs> like, it's also, those little details also <laughs> claire caught this and i missed it did you notice that his car was a ford bronco <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i totally missed it yes. until she pointed it out um, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's funny we have the spectrum from three to four covered because I'm going to say it is four sprites out of five for me. Hey, there it is. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. It was one I was excited for, too. So I guess that gave it a little more weight to it, too. Um, but, yeah. So. All right. Let's jump into the meat and potatoes of this. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Oh, so excited. So, um, we watched a movie about two weeks ago now. Um, we watched it on Netflix party. As I said, I'm going to shout it out again. Cause that was actually kind of, that was really fun to watch with you guys this way. Um, yeah, for sure. but, uh, we watched China salesmen, yeah, oh which continues. Uh. I, whenever I do an image search, I don't know how this movie keeps getting more and more posters. Like, there's yeah, right. so it's many true. images. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm like, I'm seeing like three new posters just, like, just looking, Googling it for reference. <laughs> if you look at it, there's Ugh. there's so many different posters for this damn movie. <laughs> um, does anybody want to start talking about this movie? And... Um, well, it's a Chinese propaganda film. Uh, um, <laughs> that was not even popular in China. I was yeah, saying, right. It's true. What terrible numbers in China. Ooh, oh, wow. Rough. Yeah. What is it? 20 million budget, 1.5 million box office. And that's in US dollars. So, yeah. Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. According to Wikipedia, at least. Yeah. 
Um, it is a what's I guess high top level. It's an action movie. Uh, that shouldn't be an action sorry. movie. <laughs> what's that? It's an action movie that really shouldn't be an action movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's uh, the basically what got us to watch it was that um, the two main actors on the poster were Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson. And I'll say one of those two actors has a prominent role in this movie, <laughs> and the other one has, let's, let's say, a glorified cameo. Um, oh yeah, yes, um, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, somebody else take it away. I can't I can't talk about this movie without rambling hard. I think uh, I think just to be fair, yes, Chinese propaganda movie. I'm a hundred percent behind that. There is literally a scene where a guy is under under heavy fire he's behind a bunker or i guess a makeshift bunker i guess behind a tank and in order to stop the fire uh, all the you know people shooting at him in africa what he does is he lifts up the chinese flag which i guess calms everyone down because they're not part of the rival army or whatever i guess i don't know but it was like a michael bay-esque uh, tracking shot. This guy just picks up the Chinese flag and starts running down this pathway, and then everyone's just inspired to stop shooting. Um, it just reminds me a lot of something that you would have seen in like Transformers, uh, but with the AllSpark. But instead, they're doing it <laughs> with the Chinese flag. Jeez. I think we should read the plot. So, if I can, here's the plot as told by Wikipedia. Yang Jian, a young Chinese IT engineer, volunteers to go to North Africa and help the company he works for to win a competition. The winner can own the right to control the communication between South and North. French spy Michael is ordered to go to North Africa and win the competition. So, France can control the mineral resources of Africa. Uh-oh. He hires the best mercenary in Africa, Louder, and a former general, Kabat, to help him. Jan discovers their conspiracy and is the only one who can stop them. Alright, so, so for a disclosure, Louder, the mercenary, that's Steven Seagal, right? And then Kabat no. is Mike Tyson? No. Yeah, Kabat's yeah, Mike Tyson. Kabat's yeah. Mike Tyson, Steven Seagal's Louder. Yes. Okay, really? Cool. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, I, got that, I got that way confused. confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I wanted to read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So confusing. So, so Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson share one scene together, and it's the very beginning of the movie where they have this random fucking bar fight. I didn't even know that Louder was a mercenary. I, I didn't, I didn't understand his character. Like he was just kind of there. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, he he was there, and you think because he's a part of the uh, you know the opening sequence, you're like, okay, so they are going to set up this. Mike Tyson versus Steven Seagal type of movie. Right. And then that is literally the only time those two fight. Oh, by the way, Steven Seagal disappears for about two hours. And we don't yep. see him until the end. Yep. And he right. just like randomly... The action. Go for it. He just randomly appears again. Like, he's just randomly there to, like, he's a deus ex Seagalia. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't even do anything important. There's, I don't even know. It, it, most of the movie happened without him. Like, he shows up at the beginning, has a cool fight scene. Well, not cool, but, you know, a dumbass fight scene with Mike Tyson. And then two hours, the actual movie happens. And at the very end, in, like, the denouement or whatever, Seagal shows up again. He's like, hey, I'm still in this movie. I'm one of the best in Africa or whatever. I'm a special forces guy. Cool. You know? Like, if, whatever. if that movie had all, it was just the same length, and it was just one big Tyson versus Seagal cheesy fight. 
it would have been a better movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Because it, the only entertainment value in this, in my opinion, was not the fighting between Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal, but the acting. Yeah. It, was, it, it was the dueling banjos of bad actors oh in that opening action scene. Yep. And I absolutely loved it. What was Mike Tyson's accent supposed to be? It was supposed to be... Because it kept changing. It like, kept changing. Yeah. It was, it was North African for a while, and then suddenly it was European, and then maybe he slipped back into his normal Brooklyn accent. I don't know. It just kept, like, shooting up and down. And then Steven Seagal, like, they pulled this guy out comatose just to be on the freaking movie. He, he barely delivered words or sentences. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked, he looked like he just woke up, like, in every single scene, and here he is fighting, quote-unquote. Uh, but I will hand it to, maybe I should hand it, uh, to the poor editor or editors who had to try and make Steven Seagal look like an athletic fighter. Oh, my God. Because oh. that's true. You're right. That's every camera shot. around him. Every camera shot was, like, chest up. Like, it literally was. <laughs> he never moved his feet. Right? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the stunt choreography was something to behold. I would say for that that fight. I, yeah. We're not even we're not even talking about the best part of this film. Come on, guys, we need to talk about the dialogue and how every time the main character was introduced, oh, you're just a China salesman. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh my god, they do the we're some kind of Suicide Squad moment like at least fifteen times in this moment <laughs> in this movie. It's so good. Mike, the amount of times that Mike said roll credit <laughs> probably was at least thirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite joke. Like when watching a movie, when they say the name and you just go roll credits. <laughs> It's, it's one of my favorite jokes. And, like, I love how you call it the Suicide Squad moment because that's totally the moment. Yep. <laughs> just, oh, just some kind of China salesman. I'm looking at this Wikipedia page is great. I don't know how much of it is true, but I don't really care. So it says China salesman, also known as Deadly Contract. It is. Trial Warfare. Uh, it is. What? Yes. Yeah. I'm seeing two alternate titles here. There is like four titles for this movie. If you look up China Salesman and images, like I, I was saying about all the different posters, there's literally the same poster with different names. Deadly Contract, like there is Warzone Crisis or something like that. It's got a million different names. And we're talking about... Oh my about, God. We're talking about the poster a lot because it has yeah. Seagal and Tyson like the poster boys and literally they have one scene together right literally uh, poster boys uh, no, uh, so I'm, I'm just perusing the IMDb trivia page for this film as you do and one of the top yes, ones do. is there's a man there's a Mandarin speaking scene where Steven Seagal interrupts a conversation between Dong Shu Li that's the main character and Li Ai uh, telling them to speak English it Was this was due to Seagal forgetting his lines it was it really was <laughs> the final cut of the movie Wait, that made it in? They left it in, yeah. (laughs) This movie's incredible. I I remember him saying that, too. I was like, what? God. And like, it, it, oh my gosh. Literally, we were all watching it, even T Dog, and T Dog was playing Overcooked while watching this. <laughs> I couldn't really blame him, you know? I mean. Oh, I wanted to do a million things different than that. 
And I had a fun time watching this movie. This was not, let's see, I don't know. It's hard to gauge into how bad of the bad movies we've seen because it's such a different type of bad. Um, it was entertaining in its own way, I would say. I'm never going to watch it again. It's not like the room level, like, I need people to see this movie. But it was it had its own entertainment value to it, I think. It's, it's, with this specific group of people, at least. It's like second or third top worst movie for me. Like, not not okay. the opposite way. Like, not worst worst. It was like, okay, this was entertaining. Um, okay. I'm trying to think what that last one was that I watched that was, I got second. It still remains um, uh, that stupid mafia movie with um, Megan Fox and Kaylee Cuoco. Crimes of Fashion. Crimes of Fashion. fashion. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. still number one of the <laughs> best, worst bad movies I've seen. But this one's like second or third, probably, of that. So, you know, because it's stupid. It's like, it's entertaining stupid. <laughs> Guys, okay. So go through IMDb's user reviews. Check this out. So I finally found a 10 out of 10. The headline is, you people are all crazy, because most of these reviews are like 1 out of 10. Oh, God. I'll just read it. This movie is great, followed by a billion exclamation marks. It's more of a life-changing experience than a film. So many delicious layers. I hope there's a follow-up delving deeper into Seagal's character. What brought him to Africa? Money. (laughs) Was there fallout from him helping the China salesman? Was he invited to the China salesman and Susanna's wedding? What did he give them for a wedding present? Will he ever find a love of his own? We didn't even talk about Susanna. God. This person is great. Susanna! Yeah. We didn't even talk about Susanna, the, like, white woman that just falls for the China salesman. Oh, for sure. Uh, played by the uh, incomparable Janique Askewald. Oh, yeah. She was great in that yeah. one movie. Yeah. You'll know her from things like The Smurfs 2. And oh. Blood from a Stone. Oh. So, so there's there are those things. <laughs> um, uh, she was in the she was in the Full House, which I guess I don't know what the Full House is. This might be a French movie. Okay. Yeah, French movie, yeah, yeah. Not, it, it is not. It is not the Full House you're thinking of. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> All right. Well, it's first two. She definitely played a pregnant model. That is her character's name. Pregnant model. Oh. So there you go. Pregnant model. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. All right. Uh, in, in this movie, I'm sure she was just trying to find uh, some space to really show off her acting range. Um, so she's like, sign me up for this. She read the China Salesman script and said, sign me I up. Got it. I can't wait to work with Mr. Seagal. I <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, working with these actors, she was like 10 times better than she probably ever has been before. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just, I don't know. This movie was... Uh, She's the A-lister compared to these two. Yes, very true, very true. Oh, my God. Um, I think it's interesting yeah. that they cast two... Obviously, for a hope of selling this movie to people, you get Steven Seagal Mike Tyson, two Americans, two guys who are immediately recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um especially Tyson with the tattoo and all that. Um, it typically, you see American stars, especially of a fading variety, they'll go overseas and, you know, they'll do, like, these one-off commercials 
and back home, and then yep. most people will never see them in their home country. Just like Once Upon a um, Time in Hollywood. <laughs> what happened there? He went to Italy. Oh, that's right. He went to Italy and did the Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So Don't give me that. I actually watched the movie. Come on. Okay. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, that was it. I thought you were making a joke. No, no, no. Um, yeah, no, you're, you absolutely nailed it. Um, so you get Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal here. My heart broke for Steven Seagal a little bit because I'm sure there's a whole catalog of these movies that he's done since he's been... Like since his since he left his prime, right? I mean, there's like that's this a graceful is, way of putting it. Yeah, like I'm trying try, try to be nice here. He's not a he's not a great actor by any means, but he was definitely he's one not of a the great world. person by any means. But whatever. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was a bankable action star in the '90s, and yeah. since then, outside of Chad Salesman, because we watched it for a podcast, I would not have known of any of his other movies that have yeah. come out recently. Under Siege, insane. Under Siege, for sure. Yeah, that's like a big one. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like his most iconic, I would that's say. The, that's, that's the first one that pops into my head when I think of him. Oh, yeah. dude. He was in a movie called Beyond the Law with DMX. We know our next one. Dude, yeah. that came out last December. <laughs> uh, is it on Netflix? And can we Netflix party it? I love to get this out. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing this right now. Beyond the Law. Beyond I feel like law. you could just do this with guys like him. I guess Nicolas Cage, but he'll pop up in some actual decent stuff every now and again. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, I rewatched Community, and there, oh, yeah. there's a class they offered in one of the Community episodes that was called uh, Nick Cage, Good or Bad, <laughs> and it's all about if he's a good or bad actor, and I've been thinking about this question going, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. She's uh, not for me. Like, he's not a good actor in my eyes. But there's so many yeah. movies where he's actually done, like, good things. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, but that's absolutely. that's the whole question. It's not it's not if you personally think he's a good or bad actor. If he is a yeah. good or bad actor, period. Mm. He's the one that straddles the fence. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like he's just a product of his time. It's, it's. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this could be its own podcast. This very discussion. We'll have this during quarantine, but we're not watching a ton of new movies. That actually might be a good thing to go to. Dude, I'm, I'm happy to like just watch some bad, or watch some Nick Cage movies, good, bad, whatever. Oh, and, oh hell yeah! And then we'll talk about it. How about that? Okay. Nick oh, Cage. I'm yeah. Down, yeah, big fucking cage. Let's do it. And like, yeah, like get some. Don't, <laughs> as the guy says in the episode, don't marathon it because you'll break yourself. And then Abed obviously yeah. becomes Nick Cage on this rant. Um, yes. Don't break yourself. Just watch some movies of Nick Cage. I'm I'm on board with this actually. I'm I'm good with this. All right. Well, let's get to ratings then, guys. Um, Mitchell. What would you yes. give this movie, The China Salesman? Oh my God! Um, there's so many options. Um, yeah, no, like I'm like I mean, like fuck, I don't know what my rating's gonna be. Shit. All right. Uh, no, guys, this is a quintessential. They made a movie, so this is a half. Like, uh, I don't know. Chinese star is that the proper term or what's on okay. the flag? So this Damn is it, you be, the flag. Right. Yeah, yeah, but go with the flag. <laughs> So I, I gotta give it a half. I mean, like honestly, there is um, 
no thought put into any part of this movie that went beyond we want to make money or we want to we want to propagate China <laughs> exactly or we want to put out propaganda on behalf of the People's Republic of China <laughs> uh, so yeah no this this movie's terrible if it wasn't for the fact that I was watching it with some of my closest friends I would have absolutely hated it and probably would not have made it past the first fight scene so half star for me I did really enjoy watching it with you guys Andre I did I had a lot of fun uh, yeah I had a lot of fun which belies which which doesn't line up with I'm all skinning this uh, one half destroyed cell tower out of five damn it you uh, took mine fucker yeah <laughs> there you go it's, it's all about cell phone towers apparently and uniting the north and the south and the, the dramatic cell phone calls and yeah yeah there you go no it was, it was a lot of fun to watch but god damn I would not recommend it to anybody oh no no of course not alright yeah, fine I'll jump on it I'm also giving it one half but I'm giving it one half of Steven Seagal's body because that's all we saw <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that, that, yeah, gotta give it to him. So that was China salesman. <laughs> um, so normally at this point in the podcast, we go into things we are excited about, things we're dreading, things coming out, whatever. Because of the quarantine, we really don't know what's going to happen next. Um, things like Black Widow have been pushed back. Trolls World Tour is getting revealed, or like it's coming out on digital the same day it's supposed to be in theaters. Like there's a lot of things happening where things are just getting pushed back. Obviously, the next James Bond film, I could go on and on. So we're going to do something. Uh, we are hashtagging quarantine binge. You can play along at home. What are you watching on your hashtag quarantine binge next? Uh, we will jump to Andre. What are you watching next on your quarantine binge? Hashtag quarantine right. binge. Uh, hashtag quarantine binge. I'm staying uh, uh, completely on brand by watching children's cartoons with my girlfriend. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are we are midway through Gravity Falls, uh, which is a Disney show uh, that I, I think finished a few years ago, back in 2016. It's on Disney Plus now. It's a very fun show uh, about two kids who are staying with uh, their great uncle. In kind of like it's kind of like a Twin Peaks kind of vibe uh, town in Oregon, and there's lots of supernatural stuff, uh, lots of charming characters. Uh, very fun time. I, we're about halfway through it. Pretty short, only two seasons, about fifty episodes. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Animation is really great, especially for a television show. Uh, nice. So two thumbs up from here. So yeah, and once that's done, uh, probably going to. Uh, uh, we, I'm going to continue on my Lord of the Rings journey. We just watched The Hobbits last night, The Unexpected Journey. That was a long-ass three-hour movie. Uh, we have two more to go. So Thank you. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, what was the name of that show again? Uh, Gravity Falls. Cool. I just didn't know if I heard it right, and I just wanted to make sure it got out there. Mitchell, what are you watching next on your hashtag quarantine binge? Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm just uh, grinding my way through the MCU again. Um, I've been introducing uh, the Marvel movies to Kelly, my girlfriend, over the past, really, past couple months. But since we're in quarantine now... Hold, hold that thought. Movies. Hold that thought. Yeah. Uh, okay. um, was, wasn't it your anniversary recently? It was. It was yesterday, Saturday, April 4th. Congratulations, buddy. No, I wanted to call you out on that. Congratulations. Ah, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was our one year yesterday. We had a nice, uh, we, we ordered some takeout, and then we, oh. we baked 
brownies and put that in ice cream and just had a nice little dessert. Nice, and we watched Black Panther. At least it's a great Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's the only one that he that she had seen um, before we started this binge watching. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So it's the only one she had seen. But yeah, we're going through that. But also I wanted to mention something that is on my personal list. Um, it's on HBO. It's streaming. You know, yeah, HBO now or HBO Go, which is how I'm going to be watching it. It's called The Scheme. And okay. it's a documentary about the college or the NCAA men's basketball coaching scandal that happened a couple of years ago where there was a basically a system in place between executives at um, Adidas and different agents who were recruiting different high school players and basically, basically uh, fixing where they were going to sign and play their uh, college career. Huh. And it was all based on a whole lot of money that the NCAA wasn't touching uh, that was basically operated almost like a drug deal. It's like, hey, we're going to give you this player and the player gets X amount of money and the school gets X amount of money for taking that player. It is a scandal written all over it. Uh, nice. So for a big basketball head like me, I'm really looking forward to it. It's called The Scheme. Um, okay. and it's on HBO. I, nice. I got to say, it's now on my hashtag quarantine binge. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to go with, um, well, so I just watched Locke, which was great. It was Tom Hardy and everything like that. Um, it was a good yeah. movie. That was one that's been on my list for a while. Um, another one that has been on my list for a while. And because I am the director of batshit documentaries, apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, the act of killing is what it's called. Um, so okay. they've got these guys that are like death squad people and they're not like repentant about this at all. They don't, they don't feel bad about it at all, but they have one of the guys that was on this death squad, um, recreate his favorite killings, but he gets to choose the movie style. So the entire movie is like a bunch of different movie styles. So he's like, I want to do this one in a Western and he plays himself and he gets to recreate all these killings in different styles. And as it goes on further and further, like you see, he kind of realizes like, oh, even in the act of like making it movies, it's just kind of like, uh, what am I doing? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be really good. It is another batshit documentary. Um, after watching Tiger King, I need something else because I cruise through that. But yeah, so the act of killing batshit documentary number four that I've mentioned on this podcast, I think. So, yeah. so uh, how, how are you going to watch that, Mike? Um, I believe it's on Prime Video right now. Gotcha. Yes. Cool. Yeah, it's either on Prime or HBO, one of the two. Um and because I spend too much money having all of the services that I can, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, I do. I yeah, do. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, that'll do it for our podcast tonight. It's a little shorter, but it's also because we're far away from each other. Um, hopefully, well, we'll probably do this Nick Cage one in quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that, actually. And then um, we all uh, will get back to hopefully watching movies together, talking together face to face, drinking beers together and having a good time. Um, but that, that'll be it for game for a movie episode 21. So for myself, Mike, good luck guessing which one. Oh, Andre. Damn you. Damn it. Damn it. Did I fuck it up? Oh shit. <laughs>
This is game for a movie where we ask, are you game for a movie? Hashtag quarantine binge.